Time now for the golf club. And joining us this week, it's my buddy, David Kaplan. What's up, Cap? How are you, Mark? Everything good, kid? Everything is good. Thanks for, for joining us. And uh, I wanted to focus, uh, before we get to your golf playing days with some of the celebrities you've played with, I want to go back to Sunday and talk about the match. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know you talked about it on the air. Loved it. Uh, loved, so did I. What, what was your favorite part? And maybe start off with that. What was your favorite part? Uh, probably my number one thing was just the interaction among the four guys. And then Charles Barkley chiming in and Tom Brady with the line of the day. Take a suck on that, Chuck, when he put it in from 127 or 137 yards. Uh, I thought that was awesome. But just to hear Phil Mickelson, they said, hey, mark your ball. You got one of those U.S. Open <laughs> deals? Tiger yelled at him. He's like, I got silver ones. Can I have one of the gold ones from you? Because he's never won right. the U.S. Open. Just all of that made for a lot of fun. So, you know, I was watching it, and I bet on Tom Brady and Phil. Mm-hmm. I thought, because I had, I had seen back in 2006, Tom Brady had won Michael Jordan's tournament with him. Um, and I'm like, boy, I bet you Tom Brady's. I didn't know if he was good. Or not. I know Peyton Manning was a good golfer. I, knew, I did know that. And, I, you know, listen, it's tough uh, circumstances. I saw some professionals saying, you guys have no idea with what Tom and Peyton are dealing with. They're amateurs. Uh, that course is brutal. And they're like, the weather stinks. So, like, go easy on them. I mean, you know, neither Peyton played, definitely played better than Tom. But were you surprised how bad Tom Brady was? Uh, I was. Now, again, it you got to hit the ball a ton off the tee just to get to the fairway from some of those back tees. Uh, again, the weather was a big factor with all the rain and the club slipping and you got an earpiece in your ear and you got a microphone clipped to your belt, like totally understandable, but I did think Tom would be better than he was. Right. I mean, you know, especially the first couple of holes and it looked like, which is crazy because we're talking about world-class athletes, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's won six Super Bowls, been to nine Never, I mean, never falters, right? He's always, I mean, you know, he, I mean, never, he looked rattled, didn't he? he did. And the first, maybe after the fifth or sixth hole, he looked like, he did. boy, you know what? I've, I've had it. I'm done. Or, I'm done. But it got to the point where he was so rattled that it was like, all right, whatever. Let's right. go. Right. And that's when he started to play better. What, what was your, I guess, your biggest takeaway from the event? And then the one thing you're like, boy, I wish other sports could follow with what they did there. Biggest takeaway is that maybe the old school way of thinking where we're golfing and we can't have any personality and we can't show any individuality. Okay, that needs to go away. And that let's have microphones in more cool places to hear interaction. And yes, it's your job and you're at your office and we don't want someone screaming at us while we're trying to do a radio show. But there's got to be a way to have a quick interaction where Phil Mickelson's giving a hard time to Jesper Parnovic walking up to 16th fairway going, wish you could hit the ball that far. Like, just little nuggets humanize everybody. I, do, I agree with what you're saying. I do think that would, might get old for, for professional golfers every week. Like, you know, if, it's one thing if it's a major. And maybe in the majors they wouldn't do it because it's, you know, there's so much on the line. But, I, you know, I, I like the concept. Maybe you do a, a couple groups, right? Not everyone is mic'd up. Maybe. Maybe like the top, you know, Dustin Johnson's group in the day gets mic'd up or something like that. Rory's group gets mic'd up. Through. Yeah. 
Yeah. Could be. And then, um, you know, I, I think like, you know, we, we saw it before. We got, there was the big craze when the Cubs were mic'd up that one day in spring training. It was awesome. It was, but do you, don't you think every day that would get tiresome for them as well? Uh, you don't have to use all of it, but I, it might get tiresome for them, but they better understand the new normal is the money is not going for, I'm not talking about in golf, but for baseball players, until they get fans back in the stands, they're going to see a big, significant hit to what they make. Talking on the golf club, Cap's with me this week. And, uh, Cap, let's move on to you tweeted out a picture over the weekend of you and MJ. And I remember I was telling Beth, this my wife, that you had played with Michael, mm-hmm. right? I did. Um, t- t- tell me the story. There's a great picture. We'll, put, we'll post it online. But tell me the story uh, of you playing golf with Michael. So that was on a Saturday at a golf club called Glen Florop in Waukegan where I used to be a member and Michael was a member. But take it back 24 hours earlier on that Friday, the Cubs were playing the Milwaukee Brewers. It was in 08. The Brewers were really good and the Cubs were really good. So it was a big game. I am doing the pregame show in the radio booth at uh, Wrigley. And my cell phone rings at a break. It's literally like 10 minutes of one. And it's a good buddy of mine, Billy. And Billy says, hey, man, I need a big favor. I was supposed to get four tickets for this guy. I'm trying to close a business deal with him through my company. And they screwed up. We don't have the tickets. And these people came from out of town. They're going to see the Cubs and the Brewers. And the game's in 30 minutes. And he has no tickets. And Billy's not at the game. So he, can you get me four tickets? I'm like, dude, it's sold out. Are you crazy? It's a gorgeous summer Cubs Brewers for first place. Yeah. Let me go ask. I finished the pregame show. It's 1 o'clock. I call the ticket office. And one of the guys down there who I know says, that's your lucky day. My wife just called. One of the kids has the flu. You can have my four tickets. They're really good seats. I go, what do I owe you? Nothing. Gives me the tickets. I go outside the stadium, and I go meet Billy's business consultant or whoever this guy was. Here you go, sir. Here's your four tickets. Enjoy the game. It's like third or fourth row seats. Billy calls me that night. Dude, you saved the day. That They had such a great time. Uh, I want to pay you back. I said, I didn't pay for the tickets. We're good. He said, I understand that. I owe you a favor back. I'm like, we're good. Don't worry about it. I'm glad I could help. He goes, can you play golf tomorrow or do you have to work? I said, no, I don't have the game tomorrow. He said, 10 o'clock. Don't be late on the tee at Glen Florida. Glen Florida, you're playing in a match. I show up, go to my locker, get my stuff on. I come out to the tee box, and I look, and I'm like, oh, God. MJ? He's like, hey, how you doing? He always called me D for whatever reason. Uh It was my first name. Uh Everywhere he saw me, it was, hey, D, what's up? And I'm like, hey, Michael, how you doing? He's like, hey, D, how are you? And Billy goes, okay, six-man match. Here's the teams, blah, blah, blah. I'm playing against Michael in the match. How nervous were you? Um, Have you ever played with him? I had played a little bit with him up there, but not in this type of setting. Okay. And these guys are throwing around numbers of how much they want to play for Uh him. I'm like, guys, I I cannot play at that level. Right, right. Not because I was nervous. I can't afford it. Right. And so one of the guys on my team said, how much you want to play for? I said, "Give me. I'm in for two bucks a point, which you can still get. Yeah, significant. You can drop a few hundred right. quick. He said, "All right, I'll take the rest of your money." They were playing twenty five a point is where they were starting, so he 
now is playing for his 25 and 23 of, of mine. So how much could you lose on a hole? Or is it it's even go by? Well, there's pre- unlimited presses, okay. press, repress off the tee, the whole deal. So the first hole, I hit a good drive. I hit my second shot on, and I've got the procs. And now I make the putt for birdie. So my team wins. And now we go to the second hole as a par three. And I hit my – and they press immediately. Uh-huh. Press it up. So now I'm playing at $4 a point. Well, my team goes, press it right back off the tee. So I hit my tee shot. I hit it to two feet. Tap it in, another birdie. So I'm rolling, and my team is up a bunch of money, and Michael's all over me. What is this? Michael Jordan's going to pay for my college education for my kids? And I'm like, he's like, that's a BS handicap you've got there. And I'm like, Michael, trust me, I'm not that good. The next hole I make nine. He's all over me, and I make a nine on a par four. Anyway, we keep playing, and one of our caddies, Michael does not hit the ball a long way. He doesn't. He does not. Okay. He fades the ball into the fairway. We are playing, I think it was the 17th hole at Glen Flora. We ended up playing 36. This is the first time through. And Michael hits this 225-yard drive. And my caddy, this guy named Jonathan, who's a one handicap, he's 20 years old, he turns to me and goes, Michael Jordan hits the ball like a girl. He said he fades the ball into the fairway. Michael's on the other side of the fairway. He's got music playing, and he has a speaker that fits in the cup holder. Right. Cranking Aretha Franklin and whatever else was playing that day. And he turns around. I don't know how he heard it. And he goes, what did you say? And Jonathan immediately goes, nothing, man. He goes, no, 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 no. You're going to sit over there and talk trash about me. What did you say? He's like, I just said I was surprised you didn't hit the ball farther. And he's like, that's not exactly what you said. He goes, do you play? He goes, yeah. What's your handicap? One. Michael goes, I'm a six. Drop his effing bag. Go get your clubs. We'll be done here in a minute. Meet me on the first tee. We're playing again, and you're playing me. He's like, I can't afford to play you. He goes, I don't want your money. If you beat me, I'll give you $1,000. But if I beat you, you're going to walk over. You see all those members right there on the deck? It's a beautiful summer day. They're all having lunch and drinking. You're going to walk up in front of that deck, and you're going to get down on your knees, and you're going to call me daddy. I watched the next 18 holes where Michael just destroyed this kid. Were you playing as well or no? Yeah. Just, okay. Michael destroyed him. And he's a one. He's a one. Michael's all over him as he's getting ready to putt. He's walking up. Michael's like, you got no chance of making that. Three-footer. Boom, he misses it. Hooks a drive in the water, leaves a shot short, it rolls back in the water. We're like, Michael's just destroying this guy. He has to get down on his knees, and he goes, I'm so sorry, Daddy, for ever doubting you. And the whole the members were going crazy, crazy. So we're on the sixth hole, and it's a Michael's got a putt. It's probably 25 feet. Downhill, bending to the right. The concession, the halfway house is right over there. And I'm just watching this. And Michael's getting ready to get over his putt. I said, no chance you make that putt. He goes, 50 bucks. I said, you're down because I want to just say I gambled against him. Right, right. He drills it. Slider downhill, bam, right in the hole. He's like, you owe me. Now we get to 18 the second time. Michael's got a putt. It's at least 30 feet straight, but it is dead uphill. I mean, not a little, a lot. 
And anyone that's played Glenn Flora knows what I'm talking about. Like, if you hit it up high enough and it's too hard, it's going to go past the flag and roll down the other side. It's, like, impossible. It's like getting in the clown's mouth. Michael's got this putt, and before he hits it, I said, double or nothing on my 50. He goes, it's going in, and you are down. And he drills it, makes the putt. Now I owe him 100. And I'm like, how did you do that? He said, remember this. Live by this. See it before you do it. See it before you do it. I said, but, Michael, it's not a free throw. He said, I've taken a ton of shots to win games. I don't make them all, but every single one of them I believed was going in. Wow. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So was he, like, the experience playing with him? It's amazing. What does he drink? Is he drinking water, Gatorade? I think he was drinking water. I don't okay. think he drank booze that day. He had always had a cigar in his mm-hmm. mouth. He never stopped talking trash. Uh-huh. His short game is amazing. Friendly guy? or Friendly. To couldn't him, be nicer. To a, I mean, like, not the to best. himself. Just the best. And so I remember, I never, I'm around all these guys all the time. Right. I never ask for pictures. Mm-hmm. There are times you're doing an event and a picture gets taken, but I never go up, hey, man, can I have a picture with you? And he's walking to his car, and he had like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini in the parking lot. He's got his bag. He's like, all right, I got to go. He's leaving, and I'm like, Okay, I, this may never happen again. Is there a way I could grab a picture with you? He's like, of course. And so one of the caddies snapped the picture that you saw. Right. And he got done with the picture, shook my hand. He's like, all right, I got to go. I'm going to buy the Charlotte Bobcats now. And I'm like, what? He's like, don't report that. He said the owner of the Bobcats is meeting him at his house in Highland Park. He goes, we're going to have dinner served, and then I'm going to try and buy the Bobcats from him. And he did. Yeah. Crazy. It's amazing. Well, that's a great story. I saw the picture, and I, I thought I remember there was another time when he lost a lot of money to someone that you had told me as well. But maybe, Same course. Okay, same yeah, course. I didn't play in that event, okay. but I was there. Okay. Yes. Um, all right, before we go, Cap, I want, this is, t- today is the, the 26th, and it takes 26, right? Yes. yes. And it's the anniversary of my second hole-in-one. Okay, I had two in three days. So you had one on the 23rd? And 24th. One on 24th. Off, I didn't play in the 25th, and I played in the 26th. Now, 24th, I played with our good friend, our late, the late Chet Kopic. Uh-huh. We used to play every Monday or Tuesday because we had the same off days. We worked on the weekends. So I'm playing with Chet, and we're at Deerfield. And at that point, it was they sw- the nines were reversed. So we were on the seventh hole. Mm-hmm. I hit, it was like 135 yards. I hit a seven iron, and the hole was kind of covered up. It's on a down, so you can't see the ball go in the hole. And I hear a click. So I look at Chet. I go, Chet. I think I just got a hole-in-one. And he goes, oh, you're crazy. You're over the green, Merck. And I kind of start running up. I jump up. I don't see the ball over the green. So I come running, sprinting back. I'm like, it's in the hole. And I jump up into Chet's arms. And he grabs me. You know, he didn't. And, and there's four old men walking by in the next hole in the fairway. And I yell, I just got a hole-in-one. They, they didn't care. They're, so we ended up playing. You know, we finish up the next uh, 10 holes, 11 holes. And I was always told if you get a hole in one, you got to go in the clubhouse and buy drinks. Mm-hmm. So I go in the clubhouse, done like three o'clock, and I say to everyone, "There's like those four old guys are in there, the only people in the clubhouse." I said, "I just got a, I had a hole in one in my round today. Drinks are on me." They all look at me like I got. They don't care. They didn't say a word. So I just walked out, didn't buy a drink for anyone. Everyone's like, "Merc, you're cursed. You'll never get another hole in one." So two days later, I'm playing the cheap nine, the the short nine at Sportsman's. Okay. Oh yeah. And. I don't have kids yet. This is 2004. I've, I told Beth I'd pick up dinner. I, we teed off around 5 o'clock. It's now 7.20. We played only seven holes. And I call her up. I'm like, hey, 
you know, I still got two more holes to play. You think I should just come home? And she's like, yeah, just come home. Forget the last two holes. I have to pick up dinner. I'm like, fine. I'm playing with my buddy Rob Wazinski and this uh, Asian gentleman who didn't speak a lick of English, doesn't speak any English at all, okay? So I said, and he goes to me, well, you know, eight's on the way in. Why don't you just play eight, which is the part, the part three, and then just go. And I'm like, all right. So I hit it, and if you ever hit a shot flush, and you're just like, boy, that's a good you shot. You know. And it was a, it's a 125-yard hole, right? And flag is like in the middle, and it landed in the front of the green. It's like I read the green from the tee box. It just rolls, and the last revolution is right into the hole. And I sprint, I throw my club in the air. I just sprint all the way to the hole, screaming, I did it again, I did it again. My buddy tees up a ball and is trying to hit me. He tees up a couple balls, tried to hit me. The Asian gentleman has his hands up like a touchdown, just screaming, top of his lungs, oh, you know, and, and I did it. So then this time I, I get done, I play, you have to play the ninth hole or it doesn't count, I found out. Glad I played the ninth hole. I go in the clubhouse, there's 11 people in there. I say, I got a hole in one. I bought seven people drinks. And they all came up to me. They're like, what would you hit? And I'm like, a seven iron. I'm like, from how long? I'm like, 125 yards. They're like, I wouldn't admit to that. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't hit the ball very far. But I know you've, you've never had one, have you? Close. You, close? I almost had one to win a Hummer H2. Wow. It was at the, where my, I used to work at WGN Radio. They had their golf outing in Cary, Illinois uh-huh. at Chalet Hills. Right. And there's the Hummer parked to the side of the hole. There's two girls sitting there as witnesses. My wife is playing with me, and I hit a six iron. It was 168, six iron, little breeze into me. As soon as I hit it, you get that click. Yep. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're home. Uh-huh. Not that I thought it was going right. in, right. but I'm like, we're there. Right. And ball hits, starts rolling, and I see the two girls like with their hands above their head like, oh, God. And it rolls over the edge of the hole and stops Behind the hole. Oh. Yeah, it's literally six inches. Wow. And I would have won the vehicle. How, but. how often do you think of that shot? Um, I mean, I've had others that have been like a foot. Right. But I've never done what you've done. Yeah. I, I so, de- and I don't play as much as I used to. Right. But I so desperately want yeah, one. It's, it's a great feeling. It's yeah, I want a hole in one and I want a 300 bowling. I've got yeah. 278. You're really good. Eight yeah. straight strikes. Never gotten the perfect though. Cappy, thanks for doing this, buddy. You too. Love it. This was a lot lot of fun. fun. You'll you'll be on again for sure, all right? Look forward to it. All right. Thanks, Cap. You're the man. That's David Kaplan. This has been the Golf Club. We'll talk to you next week.